Hey, guess what? We're in season two. Hey guys, welcome back. It's season two. And of course, we're Black Fashion History, your favorite fashion history podcast. You know, the one that tells you all about Black excellence and celebrates the amazing things that Black people have done all around the world and how they've impacted the luxury fashion industry. I am your host, Taniqua Russ, and I'm so, so, so excited to be back. I missed y'all so much. I miss coming here and talking your head off about fashion things and history things and Black excellence and all of that. So I'm so excited to be back, and I hope you're excited for what we have in store. Now, I want to start the season off by shouting out all of the podcast listeners. You all have been very supportive. I get all of the messages, so I thank you so much for that. And y'all tune in every week. You guys even have been tuning in when there are no new episodes. Like, that's dedication. That is legit, like, ride or die, and I appreciate you guys for that. That's why I really worked hard to put together a poppin' season and one thing that I noticed that you all really like was the last episode where I had Gabby Lane of the Strut Magazine on and we chatted a little bit about fashion things that happened throughout the year and you seem to like when I have guests so this season I put together a star all-star roster of guests that's really going to blow your mind. I'm telling you the stories and the information that these folks have to share, you're not gonna find it anywhere else. And you're really gonna get an opportunity to kind of deep dive into black fashion, black fashion history, black culture, just everything we love here at the podcast, okay? I'm I'm beyond excited if you can't tell this go round, you're actually probably going to need some pen and paper. If you're the type of person that likes to take notes, you're going to need some pen and paper because this is going to be like a legit history lesson for you, I'm telling you. And we're stepping into Black Excellence Month. Come on, y'all really going to get it, okay? Anyway, I'm going to stop hyping up the season and just let you guys get into it. But of course, as always, we got to have a little teeny commercial break, get the bills paid so this podcast can keep going, and then we're going to hop into our subject of the day. And I'm not even going to give you a preview. We're just going to go into it, but you'll love it, I promise. And if you read the description, then you already know what it's about. <laughs> so you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top-of-the-line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, to get started today. Now, let's get back into our content. 
Look, I'm 99% sure that you guys have heard the term black is beautiful. I mean, it's something that we say to each other. If you check the hashtag on Instagram, you're going to see photos and selfies of beautifully melanated people doing amazing things all over the internet. Um, There's the My Black is Beautiful campaign by Pantene. Needless to say, it's a term that is well known in our community. But what isn't as well known is where the term started or where the movement even came from. So today I've invited a very special guest. His name is Sinke Brathway and he is the co-founder and president of the Elombe Brath Foundation. And he is going to talk to us about the Grand Assa models, the pioneers of the Black is Beautiful movement and how this modeling group that his uncle and father created in the 1960s changed the face and the standards of beauty in our community and became the inspiration behind the first drop of Rihanna's Fenty clothing collection. Okay, so my father is Elambe Brass. And of course, I'm his son. I'm his third eldest son, and I'm the president of the foundation, uh, the Elambe Brass Foundation, which bears his name. So, you know, basically with the foundation, we share his legacy with activists, with students, with academia, etc. In terms of my connection, Kwame Brathwaite, that's my that's my uncle. That's my father's brother. Um and he until recent has been part of the Lambe Brath Foundation. Now he's uh emeritus or basically retired. He is responsible for the majority of the images that um of the Grand Assa models that uh we see today all throughout. Um, he he co-founded AJAZ uh, with my father. I would love for you to go into a little bit more detail and share, you know, why was AJAZ even started? What was the point? Why was it so important to have an organization like that during that time? Wow. So basically, AJAZ, African Jazz Art Society Studio, was started in my grandparents' basement in the Bronx, father and uncle uh, had decided that this is what they they wanted to do to come up with this idea and that they were gonna recruit some brothers who they liked and who they trusted and had similar thoughts to work with them. People like Bob Gums, Robert Gums, Chris Espendese Hall, who, you know, those are actually originally, those are the four board members for AJAZ. So um, AJAZ had a structure. My father was the president. Chris Esmondisi Hall was the vice president. My uncle was the treasurer. My uncle uh, Kwame Bradford was the treasurer. Robbie Gums, he was uh, like secretary administrator. I forget exactly. Um, you know, they have pictures of them all in their suits and, you know, and board of directors. They were very deliberate in what they were trying to do with AJAZ. And initially, the thing that brought them all together was Marcus Garvey following. All of them had been followers of Marcus Garvey, and they all considered themselves black nationalists who happened to have a love of jazz. And more importantly, all of them were creatives. So all of them were in to some uh, creative area, whether it's art, drawing, photography, design, any of all of these areas, this is what all of them were involved in. So that was the key thing 
about HS members. So now how did that lead to the formation of the Grandassa models? After Marcus Garvey had died, there was like a void. There was a void um, in those sort of teachings. And a gentleman came from the Dominican Republic named Carlos Cooks. And he picked up the mantle with a lot of Garvey's teachings and things that Garvey was doing. And he he started what's known as the African Nationalist Pioneer Movement. So my father and uncle had already fans of Garvey and Garvey's, you know, sort of teachings. They they got involved also with what he was doing, you know, what he was bringing to the forefront. You know, that helped recharge them. They were part of AM, African Nationalist Pioneer Movement. And one of the things that happened with the African Nationalist Pioneer Movement was they were doing what was a beauty pageant, uh, a, a Mrs. Natural beauty pageant. So the women would wear their hair natural, and, if, and they would have these bathing suits, and they would sort of sashay around, and the winner would get some money. And basically what happened was they saw that after one of the, you know, they saw the woman, and she she didn't have her hair natural anymore. She went back to, you know, the process that she was wearing. And they decided, like, wow, we gotta we gotta do something about you know this thing. Like, our women are not really proud about wearing their hair natural. They think, you know, they're not looking at it as a badge of honor. And Carlos Cooks, Marcus Garvey, always would emphasize um, that this was important. You know, it was a, what they call a standard for the race. Like, mm-hmm. any other group of women can wear their hair. Why, why should our women feel ashamed, et cetera, for wearing their hair natural? Now, of course, we know there are a whole lot of reasons how this came to be. You know, slavery, Jim Crow, um, discrimination, et cetera. But just for the record, that this is the mentality and this is what was, is what was going on. The Grand Dassas launched in 62. And the Grandassa models, you know, they became the ambassadors to the whole Black is Beautiful movement as they went viral from states to countries to global, you know, especially Africa and the Caribbean. And that's it for today. But don't worry, we're going to be back again next week, still talking to Sinke about the Grandassa models. So stay tuned for part. African Nationalist Pioneer Movement did not believe in media, did not believe in bringing in the marketing of it. So the whole thing is that they didn't seek press, et cetera. So a lot of times, if you're not well, not already part of this community and didn't know about it, you were not going to hear about it. And it was mm-hmm. sort of like an antithesis in a way of what African Nationalist Pioneer Movement said, like no press, no, just only our folks. And... Ajax was like, no, we want to take this not just from the people who are already interested. We want to show everybody. So my father, of course, being a cartoonist, illustrated designer, he, you know, he create these flyers. He, he used his graphic art skills and through the presentation, my uncle would take the photographs. He'd insert my uncle's photographs and he'd just come up with these great designs, this whole marketing scheme and, he was already a great writer from a newspaper, and he started creating these flyers and get this message out. And when you, you know, there are people who still have um, Ajax flyers, turn them into posters. These were it's sort of like memorabilia, you know. Oh, nice. It was something that people wanted, and 
brought people to the the shows when they initially first started happening. But what you'll find and you'll see is if you've ever seen any of the flyers about uh, Grand Dash, the Black is Beautiful movement over the years, there was a, a, a drawing of a woman. That's my mother. That was he. was so he would draw her. He would. He used her uh, icon. You know, like Michael Jordan. We see him the basket. We it doesn't show his face, but we see a basketball player with his legs stretched out with a basketball in the air, and that's the icon that Nike uses on a certain sort of shoe. Everybody knows is Jordan, Michael Jordan. So in the same way, um, my father used my mother as you know a grandassa meme at that time so the grandassa models were essentially the ambassadors of the black is beautiful movement can you explain a little bit about the origin of the movement as well as its impact and the impact of the models on the community in truth though the first person who brings us black is beautiful was a man named john scott rock in like the late 1800s and he was an abolitionist he was a, a lawyer he was like a, a and a doctor and he didn't use that exactly black is beautiful but basically in a speech he used it and sort of came out and said the same same thing he he used he paraphrased and but how black is beautiful and he's the first one on record ever credited with um saying black is beautiful Garvey gets a lot of credit for it. But A-Jazz, the African Jazz Art Society and Studio, are the ones who created the Black is Beautiful movement, you know. And they used this group of models to create this movement, this underbelly and this swelling. Because it wasn't just about the fashion and the beauty. That was key, though. You can reach so many people with the fashion the clothing, the jewelry, um, the the art, it, because, you know, AJS had a repertory theater, they had plays, etc. They were not, you know, this was, they actually, what's really not discussed much is that AJS are the founders and forerunners of the whole black arts movement. AJS started um, doing all of these creative artsy things with, these with a group of people with plays, theater, uh, you name it. It just so happened that the create, you know, the creation of the Grand Dasa model was the big, was probably the biggest and the most impactful. And so it gets talked about the most because of how these black women went viral. And I think it wasn't, and it wasn't just because of the hair, uh, being natural in the show and, uh, not all of this makeup, et cetera, but it was also because of their physical differences from the models of the day. Twiggy and some of these other British models, you know, very small, not really curvy. So the Grand Astor models were, many of them, if you, you know, a lot of them were just more full-figured. Women with more curvature and more body had been basically left out of the modeling game because of the British and European influence and headway and all of that changed. And not only that, the one of the key things is that there was no essence at the time, but you did have a ebony jet uh tan and 
these other quote unquote black magazines and they would not um highlight or have women of it was almost like it was basically not almost like it was basically a brown paper bag sort of uh industry. Like if you were a certain hue you were not getting on there. You could be in an ad. Like so example, maybe it was a hair product or something in there and that they had an ad and they had a darker skinned person in there. You would be in the magazine in that way. Because they're not gonna refuse any advertising dollars. They you get highlighted through that ad that advertisement. But they were not going to put you at that time on their cover or anything like that. They there was a miscegenation within the black community, um, within those marketing um comp well not even marketing companies as I said. You know, just to be honest, um Ebony Jet Tan, there was another one to get name, you know, but you had to be of a certain hue to really get play and get glamorized as beautiful at that time. And really, it wasn't until they got picketed when uh, Black is Beautiful movement really took off because of the Grandassa models. In fact, you know, the Grandassa models had broken so many barriers for what people were seeing was beautiful. And that's it for today, but don't worry, we're going to be back again next week, still talking to Sinke about the Grandassa models, so stay tuned for part two of the conversation. And of course, like always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a thumbs up. Well, not thumbs up. This is not YouTube, <laughs> but give us a five-star rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us some great reviews. We really appreciate it over here. But most importantly, subscribe and join us again next week. Oh, and make sure to follow us over on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. All right, bye.